Welcome everyone. Greetings. This is the Dual Poetry Podcast, where each episode we dig into the audio archives of the Poetry Translation Centre and bring out a pair of poems. We play recordings of both the original language poem and the English language translation. This way, you get exposed to the poem as the poet penned it, absorb the music and rhythms, even if you can't speak or read the original language. Then, enjoy the English language version, where you can be exposed to the poem in an entirely different way, exploring its potential meanings. I am Bernard Farley, Communications Program Manager at the Poetry Translation Centre, where I get to be amazed every day by the work our translators and poets put into producing these translations, navigating the borders between language and culture, form and content, sounds and their meanings. Today we'll be looking at the work of Fasane Hosandi, born in a remote province of Tajikistan in 1964. Hosandi is widely regarded as the most exciting woman poet writing in Persian today, and has a huge following in Iran and Afghanistan, as well as her native Tajikistan, where she's simply regarded as the country's foremost living writer. Her frequently playful and witty poetry draws on the rich tradition of Persian literature in an often subversive and humorous way. Hosandi was translated by Nargis Farzad, Senior Lecturer of Persian Studies at SOAS, and the Chair of the Centre of Iranian Studies, with the UK poet Joe Shepcott, who has won a number of literary prizes, including the Commonwealth Writers Prize for Best First Collection, the Forward Prize for Best Collection, and the National Poetry Competition. She won that last one twice, in fact. Tender Texas, her versions of Rilke, was published in 2001, and her collection of Mutability was published in 2010 and won the Costa Book Award. Persian poetry is rightly framed for the richness of its heritage, and many classical Persian poets, such as Rumi and Havas, are famous across the world. But little is known about how contemporary Persian language poets have continued to enrich and enliven their tradition, a gap that the PTC sought to fill in its early days, translating Persian poets working within the local variations of the language, such as Dari, spoken in Afghanistan, Farsi from Iran, and Tajak from Tajikistan. Tajak is distinct from other forms of Persian and is often written with a distinctive Cyrillic script, making it look like Russian. As a result of the influence of Islam in the region, Tajak was written in a Persian alphabet up to the 1920s. Until this time, the language was not thought of as separate and was simply considered a dialect of Persian. In the 1920s, a Latin script was introduced to the language by the Soviet Union as part of an effort to increase literacy and distance the largely illiterate population from Islam. Subsequently, as part of the Russification of Central Asia, the Cyrillic script was introduced in the late 1930s. The alphabet remained Cyrillic until the end of the 1980s with the disintegration of the Soviet Union. There have subsequently been calls for a gradual reintroduction of the Persia-Arabic alphabet, but as of 2004, the Cyrillic alphabet was still the standard. Hosandi's very pure classical Persian was written for her readers in Tajikistan in the Cyrillic script, not the Arabic script. Nargis, the translator on the project, is from Tehran and reads the Arabic script. So, for this reason, the poems the PTC translated were taken from the Persian edition of Hosandi's collection, Unending Sigh, published in Iran in 2007. Today's poems are Flute Player and Must Escape. Enjoy. Flute Player Where is the real bazaar? 
I want to buy an eyeful of kindness. I want to dress my soul in hyperbole. There's a merchant who brings me a whole spectrum of leaping colour from the city of desires. But here at the bazaar at Kojand, faces are sour, talk is hot, and I long for the cool sweets of Tabriz. Where is the real bazaar? The flute player tells me, come with your ears used to insults and listen to the light recite a prayer to the dark. Open your eyes, used to pale shame, and see the beauty of truth. Where is the real bazaar? The flute player is there, calling my heart towards his hat full of old change, but not a single pearl, and since I am the jewel in the teardrop, I must go. Nainavas Rahi bazaar kujas من بسی می خواهم از چشم مهربانی بیخرم. من بسی می خواهم پیرهن داشته باشد روهم از حریری شادی. تاجری هست که از شهر تمناهایم میارد رنگ منیری شادی. لیک افسوس در این بازار بازار خجند چهره ها تند و سخن ها ترشند. قند تبریز دلم می خواهد راه بازار کجاست نینواز است در آنجا که به من می گوید گوش نشنیده بجوز حرف حقارت پیشار بشنو نور به ظلمات بخاند یا سین چشم نادیده بجوز رنگ قباهت بکشا و جمال حق بین راه بازار کجاست نینواز است در آنجا که دلم را به صدا میخواند به کلاهش که پر از پیسه زرد است گوهری عشق بمانم بروم must escape at last the word for scream bursts into my notebook damn this sick society where shadows boast about their own size No one understands the absence of the sun. No one knows that this brightness is just pretending to be dawn. No one understands the absence of meaning in the guises of the chameleon. These hollow ghosts with their gorgeous clothes and dazzling pendants on long chains and breath perfumed with the scent of Europe. From the pulpit of time, With fancy words, they talk deceit as if it were truth. I am offended by them, offended by the pretentiousness of the very small. I am offended by myself, too. I just don't understand enough about the weakness of form and the courage of meaning. Why do I always fall into step and say, yay, to a demon showing off, a ring as big as Solomon's. Why do I make conversation with nothing and stitch my words into the hems of the mediocre like margin prayers or footnotes? Must escape, must run away to simplicity, must elevate the best, must become another example of the sun. Oh, darling, what can I say, for even you choose a dim light bulb over daylight, 
Even you, with your perceptive glance, no longer see the absence of the sun. باید فرار کرد عاقبت می ترکد واجه فریاد روی دفتری من آه از این اجتماعی ناسالیم که سایه ها زی بزرگی خیش می نازند کسی نبودنی حرشید را نمی فهمد کسی نمی داند که این روشنایی مصنوع سراب صبح دروین است کسی نبودنی معنی را در شکلهای با قلمون پی نمی برد این شبه های بی هیولا با لباسی قشنگ چشم ربا با شعای بلندی گردن بند با نفس های معنبر زیعتر افرنگی با سخن های منقش زمین بری زمان ریا را چون حقیقت معرفی کردند من از بزرگی برخی که جوهرش حقارت است سخت دلگیرم من زی خود نیز سخت دلگیرم چرا که هیچ نمیفهمم از این ضعیفی شکل و شهامت منا چرا روانم از پشتی بی بسیرت ها بشاد بادی دیوی چرا به هیچ سخن میکنم که هیچ نیی چرا حرف نمازی را چون هاشیه می پندم و دامنی مکرو باید فرار کرد؟ باید از این تلیسم سوی سادگی گریخت؟ باید نگاهی تحت نشین را اروج داد؟ باید نمونه دیگری آفتاب شد؟ ایار چی گویمد که تو هم با نگاه آلمبین دگر نبودن حرشید را نمی بینی چی گویمت که تو هم لامپی نیم بسمیل را جای خوشید می گذینی You are listening to Farzaneh Khuzandi reading the original Persian versions of the flute player and must escape with Joe Shapkot reading the English translations Reflecting on the translation process Joe Shapkot was full of praise from Nargis Farzad saying From my point of view the creation of the translation team for Farzane Hosanidi's poetry was magic. First there was Farzane's poetry itself, searingly pure, full of integrity and all the richness of classical Persian tradition. Then there was Nargis Farzad, a scholar of Persian literature and an enormously sensitive reader of poetry in both languages, contemporary and historical. Nargis's role was doubly and trebly important because communication with Farzane was difficult Physical logistics first of all. I learned that Tajikistan exists in the shadow of more powerful neighboring states which control access to power and other resources. Electricity is intermittent, only a few hours each day. This was brought home to me powerfully during the tour when Nargis visit Fazane and her husband in their room in the Kensington Hilton one evening to pick them up and found them out of habit waiting in the dark. During the period Nargis and I worked on the translations, email contact with Fazane and Nargis was understandably erratic because of these restrictions, and not helped by the fact that at the most intense period of our work, Tajikistan was experiencing their hardest winter for years. At one point we lost contact completely for weeks and were quite worried about her. For me, listening to Joe Shapcott talk about the translation process 
made me think about the early days of the PTC, the tours and the workshops that happened before I worked here, all the good stuff that I missed. You can find chapbooks from our early tours still for sale on the PTC website. These were produced for sale at readings when our poets would come over to the UK, you know, before COVID. These simply styled and sturdily stapled publications were the forerunner of our World Poet series. Head to poetrytranslation.org slash shop and scroll right down to the bottom of the page to see which of the old-style PTC checkbooks are still for sale and go on a collecting binge or simply buy a box set. It's a real box set, by the way, where the books get sent to you in a fancy box, all ready for binging. Speaking of which, today we are thanking our donors and sponsors with the traditional Tajik dessert, liquid flour halva, known as halva itar. Flour is gradually added to preheated mutton fat and fried until it slowly turns brown in colour. Then you add sugar syrup and mix. Ready halva is poured into plates, cooled down and cut into pieces. Sometimes you can add nuts, almonds, pistachio or vanilla. So we have a big slice of halva itar for Arts Council England for their ongoing support and slices for all our private donors. In fact, we have chunks of this imaginary yet delicious Tajak dessert available for you if you fancy becoming a donor. Head over to poetrytranslation.org slash support us and as you click the donate button, you will start to taste the made-up sweetness on the back of your tongue. I promise. Today's bonus content is massive, geographically massive. It is in fact a geographic region. The Taijak National Park, a UNESCO site of outstanding beauty in the east of the country, consisting of more than 2.5 million hectares and enveloping most of the mountains of the Pamirs. At the centre of the parkland is the so-called Pamir Knot, a meeting point of the highest mountain ranges on the Eurasian continent. The area is home to a wide variety of wildlife, including Marco Polo sheep, snow leopards and Siberian ibex, who live alongside the longest glacier outside the polar region. The park is sparsely inhabited and virtually unaffected by agriculture and permanent human settlements. So, great for a little alone time, unless you're put off by the area's frequent strong earthquakes. Anyway, it's somewhere for your post-COVID weekend away once you realise that you're not really ready to face big crowds yet. Not quite yet. That's all for us for now. Stay safe, hang tight, be cool, safe home, slon lat. <laughs>